Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. So this is something that comes up a lot, how to put a wholesale property under contract, right? And I usually get asked this by people who don't really believe like the whole system can work. I've said before that I think I found like a hole in the internet. There's something missing. Like I think you can get anything on the internet. You could find out how to, I think, make a bomb. I don't know, all kinds of crazy things. But you can't find out how wholesaling properties works in New York. So I'm going to talk about how it works in New York. So it's much easier. First, let's talk about how it works in other states. Then we'll talk about how it works in New York. And at the end, I'm going to give you some uh, information about how you can find out uh, how to really learn how to do this. So. In other states, a, a real estate transaction takes place between a buyer and a seller. If I'm a buyer, I meet a seller. I say, hey, I want to buy your house for $100,000. Here's a contract. We're in contract. In New York, when a seller says yes to me, when we agree on a price, um, I need that seller's attorney to draw up a contract and send it to my attorney. The transaction really gets negotiated between seller's attorney and a buyer's attorney. And that's extremely different than the other 49 states. Vastly different. And you don't see anything about this on the internet anywhere. Um so how do you put it on the contract? So what happens is, I'm not going to get into marketing on this on this uh, this tape, on this video. But once you market it and you made an offer and the seller agrees, then you need the seller's attorney to send a contract to your attorney. Now I get the question all the time: What happens if he doesn't have an attorney? So a couple of things: 99% of the sellers have attorneys. They have an attorney, either the one they use to buy the property, or they know an attorney. Um, even if they didn't use an attorney to buy the property, which is almost impossible, they'll find someone. If they don't have an attorney, I'll recommend an attorney for them. Um, but they need a real attorney that represents them. There are people who do, uh, I would say, it's a gray area kind of a thing where they sort of say, well, use my attorney and I'll cover the cost. And the attorney never even meets the seller and really does not represent their interests. And I personally believe that if you did that, and I know people who do, um, you're asking for trouble because if there's ever a problem and the guy's not represented but pretends to be represented, you're going to have a tr- difficult case, difficult time in court defending it. So I get them a real attorney who actually meets with them and who represents them and who makes sure their interests are 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 represented mm-hmm. in the in the uh, rep- their interests are represented in the transaction. Seller's attorney prepares an attorney. It's usually a standard attorney because they don't even know about uh, investors and they send it to your attorney. What happens then is your attorney is going to go through it and say, well, there's a couple of problems here. Number one is it needs to be assignable. Clause 26 in the standard contract says it's not assignable. Number two is they're going to ask for a 10% deposit. So if I'm buying something for $300,000, they're going to ask for $30,000. I usually have told the seller I need, I need less than that. I want to give less than that. And it doesn't mention anything about showing the property. So I try to plant seeds in the seller's mind before that, before he speaks to his attorney. I'm going to say, listen, I need the property assignable. And I explain why I, I may have to change uh, entities. Um, I can't, I can't put 10% down. I'm involved in a lot of transactions. So if I put 10% down, I'd probably go out of business from all the cash sitting in escrow. And I need to, sh- and I want to start construction on this project the sec, the day we close. The only way I can do that is if I get people in advance both contractors and potential buyers who are going to guide me as to what work needs to be done. That's how I work. So what happens inevitably is that conversation between me and the seller never reaches his attorney's ears. So the attorney sends a standard contract to your attorney and your your attorney or my attorney is going to send back and say, these are the changes we need. At that point, the seller's attorney may go to his client and say, you know, I don't know what's going on here. These guys want an assignable. They only want to give you $10,000 uh, or $20,000 and they want to show it. 
Um, and then usually the seller, after I had a conversation, will say, you know what, that's fine. We spoke about it and it's okay. And then the, then it will, then what happens is um, the seller will agree. I will sign the contract. So the buyer signs first. It goes back to the seller. The seller signs the contract. Then dis- the seller's attorney distributes it. So everybody sees the fully executed contract. Oh, I will sign the contract and send the deposit also. And then um, then we are in contract. Once the contract is fully executed, we are in contract. So now I have I I can I am in control of that property. Um, at that point, I will then probably talk to the seller about when I can show it. So obviously there are a few things that are dependent on when I can show it and how. Is somebody living in the property? Is there a tenant? Is there a tenant there? Is there an uncooperative tenant in there? Is the seller living there? Is it vacant? Those things are all very important. They change on every deal. So uh, we try to schedule showing uh, to show the property so that we can get a cash buyer to assign it to. Um, but that's how you get it under contract, right? So if you have to talk to sellers, um, make offers, right? Which we're not really talking about now. Make offers. Once the offer is accepted, the seller says, okay, I just had a seller email me today. We're, we're accepting your price. I'm happy. Um, then the contract process starts. So they need to initiate that by having an attorney, by if they don't have an attorney, by sometimes usually it's just telling their attorney, please prepare the contract. I'll text my attorney information to them and um, their seller, the, their attorney will prepare the contract and send it to my attorney. So that's how it works. And nobody talks about this uh, because it only applies to New York and there's nobody teaching how to do this in New York, as crazy as it sounds, except, except me for the best, of, the best of my knowledge. So what, what happens is that dur- that process can take, believe it or not, can take a long time. The process between when a seller says yes and when you actually in contract. I'm looking at my board now. I have two. I have seven properties where the seller said yes that are not in contract yet. And that happens. It could take it could take a long, long, long time. It could take a month. It could take even more than a month. Depends on the seller's attorney. Depends on what's going on. Depends on what they ask for. Depends on how much they want to fight about. Um, sometimes about stupid things. Uh, sometimes about important things. But it's a negotiation. It's not an easy situation like in the other 49 states where literally the seller will sign whatever contract you put in front of them. But let's talk about the converse side of that. While it's very hard to get into contract in New York, it's impossible for the seller to get out of contract in New York. So that is an amazing thing, right? In other states, in other parts of the country, pretty much everywhere else, the seller can pretty much change his mind the minute after he signs the contract. Sorry, I'm out. You can then now, there are things you can mitigate to that in other states. You can uh, record the contract. You can record a uh, memorandum of contract, an affidavit of contract, all that stuff. But it doesn't really m- matter much. Um, it doesn't really matter much. Um, you might be able to get some of that money back. You might, whatever. But in New York, if a seller decides not to sell to you and you want to buy as a buyer, two things can happen. First of all, you have the right to put a list pendants on the property, which is the same list pendants the same filing is going to happen if he was in foreclosure. So he will never sell that property to anybody else. That's number one. And number two is you can sue him for specific performance, which means you can sue him for the entire amount. So I wanted to buy a property from a seller for 400000 He decides not to sell, sell it to me. I can sue him for $400,000. And every single attorney in New York, especially the one that's representing him, is going to tell him that. So there's no way out of the contract, which is an unbelievable thing that most people in New York take for granted. Um but it's a great, great thing that only applies to New York. But again, the, there's the converse that. The converse is it takes a lot longer to get into contract, but it's impossible for the seller to change his mind to get out of contract. So that's good. Another great thing about how different the system to get into contract is in New York is that people don't understand it. And that's why there's much less competition in New York. Much less. Um, in the whole Long Island, I don't think there's more than four or five guys that are actually 
um, marketing direct to seller in any significant way. Uh, me being one of them. Um, in smaller cities like Birmingham, Alabama, with 200,000 people, I know a dozen people that are all making tons of money and all going direct to seller. And if you talk to people in busy markets like Dallas, uh, Phoenix, Vegas, you know they are they're on a line of investors going to make an offer. There could be 50 investors trying to make an offer. But with me, I would say two thirds to three quarters of the time, I'm the only one making an offer to the seller. The only one. Think about that for a second. Think about how amazing that is. It's really an unbelievable thing. And um, if you're interested in learning more about this, um, I have a course that teaches it. It's at howtoflipnewyork.com slash course. How to get into contract after the seller says yes. Just to recap, you need to then make sure, you need to tell him to get have an attorney, which I usually do, have the attorney send the contract to your attorney, and then start the negotiation process, which can take as, as short as a couple of days, but can take as long as, I dare say, not just a couple of weeks, but even more than more than a month, and sometimes even a couple of months. It's a, it's, it depends. Really depends on the availability of the of the, of the attorneys, uh, how well the attorneys are communicating. It can take a long time. So that is only something that happens in New York. In other states, it's a much easier process. But that is how you get how you put a wholesale property under contract. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.